in that clip, can you unmute me, Jordan? I want you to notice something. Can you turn the lights on, Alec? That in that clip, um, they go... I can't remember his name. Jamie. I almost called him Anakin. Jamie, um, Jamie goes from being sad to happy, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. Like, it's all heartfelt, and, like, you're like, oh, they're bonding, father, son. But I want you to notice something, and maybe I think this is probably what is easily most lost on us in the Christmas season is what made him happy, ultimately, was a toy, right? Like, hey, I'll get you this Turbo Man toy, and now all of a sudden, his demeanor changes. So his dad, I don't know if you caught it, his dad missed him getting a karate belt. His dad was late, didn't even make it, and so he's like, let me make it up to you, let me make it up to you, I'll I'll buy you something, I'll buy you a toy, right? And he's like, okay, okay, I'll be happy if you get this toy. Now, for those of us who've grown up in church, which most of us obviously have, because you're here, and you're in the middle of growing up, um, you know that the correct answer should not be a toy on Christmas, right? You know that the correct answer is that Jesus is the reason for the season. But imagine yourself in a couple of days sitting on Christmas morning with a truckload full of gifts in front of you, and you're going to allow that, maybe, to be what brings you joy and brings you happiness, all right? Maybe your parents uh, do a better job than others about reminding you about the true reason for the season, the real meaning behind Christmas. But I just wonder, and I notice that even in this clip, we see it and it, it takes place where he becomes happy because of a toy. I want you to think, and so I'm going to have you guys answer this question at your table, what is a thing a, 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 an item or whatever that makes you happy, all right? And let me just say, leaders don't allow for the spiritual answer, all right? I want you to be honest and be real. What is a thing that makes you happy? And then the second question is, how do you make sure that it doesn't become your primary source of happiness? So for example, I don't care if your AirPods make you happy, but how do you make sure that your AirPods don't replace in your life the position of like someone like Jesus, all right? How do you make sure that you keep those in their proper place, in their proper spot, all right? So go ahead, take a minute or two and answer these questions at your tables, out loud with words, go.
comes down the opening up. Come on, it's freezing out here. There's a there's a hundred people still. because of two minutes. Because of two minutes, you're not gonna have Trying to get a toy. Oh, yeah, yeah, have get cuts, man. Yeah. Last minute shopping, huh? Yeah. Enough to drive a man insane, ain't it? Myron Larrabee. Howard Langston. <laughs> See, I have to shop late because it's the busiest time of year for me. All these important Christmas letters that people send to folks they don't even talk to but once a year. Not to mention relative sending presents they're gonna have to send back anyway. How many toiletry kits does a man need? How about those little stupid letters from kids to Santa at the North Pole? Dear Santa. Could you send me a bike and a slinky? No, your father's been laid off. And as if I didn't have enough pressure in my life, my son sends me out for some, like, goofy butt toy, some fruity robot named Turtle Man. It's Turbo Man. My son wants one, too. You know it's all a ploy, don't you? A ploy. Man, where have you been? Don't you watch TV? We are being set up by rich and powerful toy cartels. Oh, come no, on. No, you got these big fat cats sit there using working class just like me and you. They spend billions of dollars on TV advertisement, and then they sit there and use subliminal messages to suck your children's minds out. And I know what I'm talking about because I went to junior college for a semester and I studied psychology, so I'm right in there. I know what's going on. And then when you get the toy, it breaks and you can't fix it because it's a little cheap plastic. I'm trying to find a Turboman doll. Me too, me too. Do you have any more in the back? Uh, there must be a Turboman around here somewhere. Oh, the last one just left. Um, some lady had it on layaway. A lady? Yeah. What lady? Uh, 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 just short, uh, uh, with, with a fur coat. Fur, fur coat. Fur coat. Uh -huh. fur Sorry, coat. buddy. Oh, <laughs> crazy it gets in that movie about them accumulating stuff. And maybe it's like over the top. Maybe it's satire, right? Maybe it's just like overdone and that's not really how it is. But I got to tell you, I was at Walmart yesterday and it is no fun being at Walmart on the Saturday before Christmas, all right? And it might not have been like that, but it was pretty close. And the thing is this, around this time of year, it's crazy how the accumulation of stuff, of things, becomes everybody's primary focus. And maybe not everybody, maybe that's too blanket of a statement, but it becomes a vast majority's um, primary focus, is taking and getting a lot of things, all right? But today, what I want to do is I want to take that idea and I want to look at the opposite. 
all right? So the idea of accumulating a lot of stuff, the opposite of that is giving away a lot of stuff, right? Or being generous or giving away gifts, all right? And so in this clip, we looked at the idea of physical gifts and, and they're after a Turbo Man doll and all this kind of stuff. But what we're going to actually look at today is maybe a little bit of a foreign idea for you, maybe a little bit something you haven't heard about very often, but it's the idea of spiritual giftedness. Now, here's one thing you guys might not know. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus and not only claim, but are truly saved, you've truly experienced a life transformation. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, which so that's if you have given your heart and life over to Jesus, you've said yes to Jesus and you live for him. So if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone, so your old ways of living, your old self is gone. The new has come. If that's you, then one thing you might not know about you is that the Holy Spirit comes into your life and gives you things called spiritual gifts. Every single believer has spiritual gifts. And so when you're in Christ, um, that new creation, part of that is that you've been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. So gifts like teaching, gifts like service, gifts like administration, gifts like leadership, all right? Those are gifts that are given to you by the Holy Spirit. And here's the reason why those gifts exist, to build up other people and to build up the body of Christ. So that's why as a youth pastor, I'm not convinced when people tell me that the students, you guys, are the church of tomorrow, because if you're in Christ, then you've been given gifts to build up other people and other believers and, and the church. And so therefore, I believe that you are the church of now, the church of today. Sometimes you guys do a better job using your gifts than some of our adults out there. Like I get up on stage every Sunday morning in front of the adults and I say, hey, don't be anonymous anymore. Step out of anonymity into being known, right? You guys sometimes are doing it better than the adults. And so what I want to look at is this idea of giftedness, all right? And the fact that God gives us and bestows these gifts upon us. So if you have your Bible or your phone, you want to follow along in you version, turn with me to right here, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, um, and we're going to be in um, the first couple verses there. Go back to that last slide, Alec. That's, that was the right slide. So 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3, and then I'm going to skip down and read 7 through 9 um, eventually. So let's start with 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. Here's what it says. So it says, Now, regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. But am I in the right spot? I'm in 1 Corinthians. I was like, what is he talking about food being offered to idols? All right, here we go. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are poor, but they're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it out of their own free will. So here's one thing, one truth I want you guys to see right off the bat. That is this. Only God determines my giftedness. Hit that. Hit that. Do I have that on there, Alec? Only God determines my giftedness. I want you guys to hear that this morning. Only God determines your giftedness. So what I mean by that is you don't have to be a slave 
to what other people think about you. You don't have to be a slave to even what your brothers or sisters think about you, but God is the one who determines your giftedness. And so if you were in church this morning, and if you weren't, you need to go back and listen to it because it was an amazing message from Pastor Brad, but God gives you this infinite ceiling, this infinite capacity that is far greater than what you can imagine. And so what happens a lot of times is you're sitting here, you're in junior high, and you think, I couldn't possibly do anything good, crazy, or um, overwhelmingly awesome for God because I'm just a junior high kid. Who am I? I'm not gifted, but listen, I want you to hear this this morning. Only God determines your level of giftedness. In fact, look back with me at 2 Corinthians 8.1. Here's where we know that. It says this, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. It is God who has done it. Not you, not your parents, not your brothers, not your sisters, but if you are in Christ, God determines the level of giftedness. All right. What you need to know is that in this, this letter that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, Paul is writing them about a church, obviously, you've seen this, in, in the place of Macedonia, and he's writing them and telling the church in Corinth all about their giving. And he's using this as an opportunity to show this church in Corinth what others were doing with their gifts, how they were stewarding them, how they were managing them. So let me just show you Three quick principles, three quick points out of this passage that I want you guys to to hear. And these are probably, in my opinion, some of your biggest excuses when it comes to being generous and when it comes to using your gifts, all right? So the first one is this. Your circumstances do not determine your giftedness. Your circumstances do not determine your giftedness. Meaning, if you're like, I can't serve because fill in whatever excuse you have. All right, here's why your circumstances do not determine your giftedness. Look at verse two. Here's what Paul says about the church in Macedonia. He says, they are being tested by many troubles. So the church in Macedonia is going through a hard time. Their circumstances are not favorable. I don't know what your circumstances are or what your reason why you can't give and why you can't serve, but the reality is is you probably do not have worse off circumstances than what the church of Macedonia was going through, all right? Here's the second reason this doesn't uh, hold up. My money doesn't determine my giftedness. My stuff doesn't determine my giftedness. What you have or what you don't have doesn't determine how much you can give. If you're like, man, yeah, I could give, but I just, I don't make very much money. I don't make any money. I'm a kid. I don't even have an allowance, right? Or if only I just had the newer or newest version iPhone, then, then I could give. Or only if I had AirPods, then, then I could give. Or only if I had, right, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. Guys, here's what I want you to see. If you look back in this passage, it says this about the church in Macedonia. And they are very poor. And they are very poor. My guess is as a junior high student, you guys are probably not very flush with cash. You could probably go to your house, go to your piggy bank, go to your sock drawer, and pull out all the money to your name right now. Maybe some of you are an anomaly and you have all the money in the world. I don't know, okay? But my guess is you probably don't. But here's what I want you to see. Even the church in Macedonia didn't have that as an excuse. They still gave generously, despite their circumstances being bad and despite them not having very much money. So for you, whatever your excuse is why you can't give and why you can't serve, 
it's not the, it's just like this church in Macedonia. Despite those things, they were still able to give. And the third, this is what I want you guys to see. Neither should either of those two things determine your generosity, all right? Your circumstances or your stuff, hit that next slide for me, Alec. Your circumstances or your stuff do not determine your level of generosity. Look with me at this verse. But they are also, so they were tested with many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Verse 3, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it out of their own free will. So my question to you is, as we look at the holiday season, and it's all about um, accumulating more and more stuff and getting the latest and greatest things and technologies and toys and clothes and whatever it might be, God has given all of you who are in Christ incredible gifts. And the circumstances and the amount of money were not excuses for the church in Macedonia. And so I don't think that they should be an excuse for you either. So why in the world should we be generous? Look back with me at 2 Corinthians 8, but now we're going to be in verses 7 through 9. And here's what it says. It says, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to also excel in the gracious act of giving. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. Remember, he's talking to the church in Corinth, and he was using the church in Macedonia as an example. So he's saying, I'm not saying you should do this, but look what they're doing. All right, you too should be generous. Verse 9, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Guys, Jesus has taken the ultimate sacrifice, stepped out of heaven, put skin on, became a baby in a manger, and died on a cross so that you and I could have life eternal with him and so that you and I can give generously. So in this Christmas season, guys, in three days, you're going to sit in front of your Christmas tree with a whole truckload of presents. But how are you going to be generous? Maybe your circumstances aren't very favorable. Maybe you don't have a lot of money. But how are you going to go opposite of culture this Christmas season and try to be overly generous? As Paul puts it in verse 7 here, I love it. He says, I want you to excel in your generosity. I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. How can you excel in the gracious act of giving this season? Let me pray, then you guys are going to go talk about it in small group. God, thank you for these junior hires. Thank you for today. And God, I pray that when everyone's all about Christmas and cookies and tinsel and gifts, that you help us to be about the gracious act of excelling in our giving. Lord, help us to think creatively. Maybe our circumstances aren't great. Lord, help us to think um, outside the box. Maybe we don't have a lot of money, but how can we be generous this Christmas season? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go. They wanted me to stop praying a minute earlier.
one a lot for Christmas. 